The following is a podcast from St. George's Episcopal Church in Arlington, Virginia. We invite you to support the ministries of St. George's Church through a one-time or reoccurring donation. To give, visit our webpage, www.stgeorgeschurch.org. The word saint is spelled in full. St. George's is a vibrant and inclusive community that is committed to loving God, serving others, and changing the world. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think? was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers. He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Our gospel this morning is perhaps Jesus's most well-known parable, the parable of the Good Samaritan. You could even argue that if someone asked you to sort of distill the essence of Christianity, you could simply share this parable. Because kindness to one's neighbor is surely at the center of our belief. But how do we practice kindness? We don't get to see the thought process behind the actions of the priest and the Levite and the Samaritan, but we could guess that their behavior was not automatic, that there must have been some reflection before they acted. So what was different about the Samaritan's thought process? What made him stop and help this man in the ditch? 
the late great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had some insight into this question. In fact, the day before Dr. King was assassinated, he gave his last speech in Memphis, Tennessee. And in this speech, he talked about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I'm going to share a portion of this powerful sermon with you this morning because sometimes a classic cannot be improved and someone should not attempt it. He said, Now you know, we use our imagination a great deal to try to determine why the priest and the Levite didn't stop. At times we say they were busy going to a church meeting, a gathering, and they had to get down to Jerusalem so they wouldn't be late for their meeting. At other times, we would speculate that there was a religious law that one who was engaged in religious ceremonials was not to touch a human body 24 hours before the ceremony. But I'm going to tell you what my imagination tells me. It's possible that those men were afraid. You see, the Jericho Road is a dangerous road. I remember when Mrs. King and I were first in Jerusalem. We rented a car and drove down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And as soon as I got on that road, I said to my wife, I can see why Jesus used this setting for that parable. It's a winding, meandering road. It's conducive for ambushing. You start out in Jerusalem, which is about 1,200 feet above sea level. And by the time you get down to Jericho, 15 minutes later, you're 22 feet below sea level. That's a dangerous road. In the days of Jesus, it came to be known as the bloody past. Pass. And you know, it's possible the priest and the Levite looked at that man on the ground and wondered if the robbers were still around. Or it's possible that they thought the man on the ground was merely faking and acting like he was robbed and hurt in order to seize them over there, to lure them there for a quick trap. And so the first question the priests asked, the first question that the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But then the good Samaritan came by and he reversed the question. If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? So I'm going to ask you to take a moment right now and to think about a time recently or in the past when you could have shown someone some kindness and you did not. Unless, of course, you're perfect and you can just sit there. And now I'll ask you to take another moment to think about why you didn't act with kindness. If you're anything like me or the Levite or the priest, you chose not to act with kindness because of the cost to yourself. And this is what Dr. King wisely pointed out in his sermon. Many acts of kindness threaten our status quo. They might put us in actual danger. They might take up some of our time. They might use up our resources. 
For example, we might worry that if we welcome too many refugees, they will use up too many of our nation's resources. Or as a parent, you might worry that one child is taking too much of the teacher's time and your own child is not getting enough. Or you might worry the taxes will become too high for you to have enough left over for your own family. Often our fears about our own needs blind us or partially blind us to the needs of others. Our sense of scarcity leads us to believe that we can't afford to show kindness, that we don't have the space to be merciful. So how do we get from what I believe is a natural state of self-protection and preoccupation to a place where we can joyfully show kindness to our neighbor, where we can be the person who stops and helps the person in the ditch? I believe what we need is the gospel. We need the gospel with Jesus at the center to help us move from where we are, wherever that might be, to a posture of kindness and mercy. This parable of the Good Samaritan reminds us that we have to make that journey, that we have to act with kindness towards our neighbors. Kindness and mercy is what our world needs now as much as ever. And this is a fact I believe that Dr. King knew too well. So I pray that everyone here this morning gets the love and the strength we need from Christ and his gospel to give the world the kindness that it so desperately needs. Amen. Stand and remember our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate he suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, proceeds from the Father, Father and the Son, she is worshipped and glorified. She has spoken to the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.